100% not how that happened. <laughs> That's not the way it was told to me. Bran was like, I, Father, I tried to find... <laughs> I tried to find the cheapest phone, but this guy, he just kept going, No! You must purchase the most expensive phone in the store, or I will not let you leave. Papa? Papa? <laughs> he also tried to sell me a $40 case, Papa. <laughs> Get on the mic, asshole. Oh, oh, are we recording? Yeah, we're recording now. But wait, this is my job. Don't use that. <laughs> they don't know... I didn't say the store. Okay, that's fair. I I did just used to say a pharmacy, so now I can just say yeah. uh, a phone store. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's there's a lot. Community phone store. Yes. <laughs> yes. There's one on every corner now. I mean, literally. literally. No, we are so surrounded by competition. It's ridiculous. So ridiculous. Yeah. Isn't it's one, like, like a right fucking across mattress the street from store. You? Uh, there is one literally, literally on the other side door. of a wall, to uh, yeah. right next door. Oh, yeah, wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, everybody always laughs about it when they come in. And, like, I started my first day. I'm like, do you guys ever just, like, go next door and throw hands with them? Like, just on principle? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you just, like, Do you want fight? me to? Do you fight? <laughs> <laughs> I, I said it halfway through the day because, like, the employees when I got there just like weren't really doing in, in anything, anything. They they showed up and they sat there on their phones, occasionally helped a customer for their nine hour shift, and then they they went home. That was all they did there. But I was I was getting bored on my first day. I just couldn't sit idle for that long, and I went and started <sighs> fixing shit. Um, but I was like, I'm bored. Do y'all want to like just go fist fight the the <laughs> other cell phone store dudes like next door? Just what else are we going to do? Just, y'all trying to, y'all just assert just, dominance. You just want to start a fucking fight. Like. <laughs> part of the part of the whole corporate thing, right, is they, they say own your territory. So, you know, f- f- flyer your plaza that and everything. piss in the corners. It's Right. So I'm Literally saying we go, next, we go next door to the, the other cell phone store. I don't even want to say the other cell phone store name because then people could dial it in. But we go next door to the other cell phone store. We piss on their carpet. And then that's our territory. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that, that is the how that two works. of you think that our fans are like sitting there with a fucking map of the continental United we States. We are not thinking about our current fans, Donathan. No. We are thinking about in the future when we cannot control the, th- hopefully, thousands of people that exactly. will eventually hear these episodes. Right now, I can back, talk to our hear fans. information about us or fans that we have talked about or two, and then, like the fucking creepos that we talk about, yes, they will specifically start looking for people. I don't want that to happen. And I also don't want like like I had I had corporate in one day. No, I get that. And I had my laptop in the back yeah, which you... has a two towns over sticker right on it and she was sitting there like doing paperwork or something right next to my two towns over sticker and I'm like please don't listen <laughs> because i just don't want like i've i've been putting on such like a professional air with all of my my direct bosses and everything yeah. I've, I've been being really but on top of things and professional with them and do i don't think people with more money do on the weekend i know they cut looser than you i know that like, they do so like but it's it, fine, at the guaranteed. same time i just like i don't want them to hear me talk about mothman's supple ass miraculous ass but it is also supple it is also supple i just didn't want to give away mothman's miraculous ass as a as a tagline yet (laughs) yeah 
Mothman's miraculously supple ass. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh, man. What a difference a year makes. All right. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to uh, Corner Cafe Gossip. I'm getting it right. Yeah. More often than not now. And uh, your accuracy is slowly improving. It's, it's slowly getting in there. Yeah. It's, <laughs> as my mind slowly disintegrates from age, you're tightening the spread yeah. on that for sure. <laughs> Um, since we had he learned the uh, the L button, <laughs> <laughs> since we had so much fun last week with the music, please let me fix it. Oh my god, I can't deal. <laughs> fix it. All right, all right. Since we had so much fun last week with the midweek with songs, I decided we're just going to do it again. Just more song, or more legends. song, urban legends. Well, yeah. two song urban legends, and then an urban legend about um, Pink Floyd's "Dark Side of the Moon." Mm-hmm. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. my brother saw uh, the the wall. You have like a the brother? <laughs> oh yeah, you didn't know. Whoa, yeah. You think you know a guy? Yeah, he's like seven or eight years older than me. Oh, okay, all right, that's different. Yeah, because yeah. your nephew is Jameson. Yeah, yeah. What? Yeah, his J- Jameson's his nephew. Yeah, from the card shop. What? No, 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 no. I oh. just have a nephew named Jameson. Okay, because I know a kid named Jameson. Okay, yeah, no, that that one's not mine. Okay. Woof, that was wild just now. <laughs> so Ugh. your brother saw the wall? Uh, when he was way too young. Oh, yeah. So and did I. And he was horrified you know, I've never by seen the, wall. the wall. Oh, dude. You get... It feels like something I'd like. Probably, because it's all about depression and locking yourself away in your mind and... There was a lot of drug content. I've heard the album. Oh, yeah. My yeah. dad does like Pink Floyd. My mom likes Pink Floyd more than my dad. But we listen to, like, especially the, you know, the famous one. Dark Side of the Moon? Uh, yeah. The one with the prism? The black? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and ironically, the, I just... That, who is that? Oh, I'm thinking of another brick in the wall. That's yeah, the wall. That's, that's the wall. That's the wall. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard, like, I know the song. Yeah. And some other songs from the album vaguely, yeah. But like, I don't. I've never seen the the actual movie. The, yeah, well, we should go see another Pink Floyd Laser Light show. We should. I've seen they, a Pink Floyd Laser Light show. Those are pretty fun. Yeah, mm-hmm. the best we, ones. We, dark we side. can sit outside and just get absolutely <laughs> blasted, bud. Yeah, how, I, and, I haven't yeah. seen one since it was like since before I was smoking. So. Uh, one time uh, we went, and it was it was like. It was you and Jesse and uh, a few other people. Chris, I think. Sammy. Yeah, yeah, they had gone with us. And I was trying to smoke a cigarette, but I didn't have my oh, lighter shit. on me. Now I want nicotine. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have my lighter on me as we were walking in, and everybody was standing in line. And I was like holding my cigarette. I'm like, hey, does anybody have a lighter I can borrow real quick? I'll, I'll hand it right back in the door to you. And no one said anything. And I was like, Guys, it's a Pink Floyd laser light show. Somebody has a lighter. And an older lady pulled a lighter out of her pocket and handed it to nice. me. <laughs> but, yeah, they only do, they do it every weekend now, and it's it's weird how they do it. It's only on Saturday nights now. One showing instead of three showings. You know what? You know what this is going to be a weirdly weird tangent, but it'll get us sort of kind of back on track. <laughs> do you know what movie I saw when I was too young? For me, it was Jeepers Creepers, but what was yours? The Titanic. Oh. I sat there when I was like young, young, like seven or so, and I 
by myself watched two VHS tapes back to back. Oh my god, that's right. It was on two separate VHS. Holy mm-hmm. shit. Just fully engrossed. Like the sun I went forgot. down and I didn't notice type shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know what movie I watched when I was way too young? Faces of Death. Mm-hmm. <laughs> This may explain a lot about the various types of human we became. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, ironically, I didn't realize until just now, all three stories deal with drugs. Cool. So, the first That's story... my area of expertise. Not so much anymore, but... The first story, The first song we're going to talk about is Puff the Magic Dragon. Hey! Oh, okay. okay. I don't know that song, okay. actually, but you I don't? get it. No, of course not. So, Peter Yarrow wrote the song in 1958 before he joined the group Peter, Paul, and Mary. It started with a poem his roommate, Lenny Lipton, left in his typewriter. In an interview, Yarrow told the story. Lenny Lipton and I were at Cornell University, and it was exam time. He came to my place in college town, sat down at a typewriter, and wrote some poetic words. He had been thinking about Ogden Nash for a while, who's a writer, and he wrote part of what became the lyric. He actually left the piece of paper in the typewriter when he left because he was so absorbed in getting uh, to his exams. Now, it was not intended to be a lyric of a song or anything. It was just something that he typed on paper, and I took it and loved it. I looked at it and loved it. I wrote the rest of the words to give it a song form and a dramatic arch and the the music to it. Now, later on the second album for Peter, Paul, and Mary called Moving, when... This uh, this was what year? uh, 58. Yeah, I was going to say. When we were looking for children's songs, we did some children's songs on the first album, including Autumn to May and It's Raining. I suggested Puff the Magic Dragon, and we put it on the album, without any thought that it might ever become popular in any important way. Yet it happened spontaneously at some point because a DJ somewhere in the Northwest started to play it on the radio, and it just took off, and it's the song that it now is. So a few years later, after the song became a hit, Yarrow found Lipton and gave him half the songwriting credit. Lipton, who was a camp counselor when Yarrow found him, gets extensive royalties from the song. Lipton nice. went on to develop a system for projecting films in 3D. So I've just read the lyrics to Puff the Magic Dragon, and it's like a little bit bittersweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, I also I was trying to figure out why I knew that it was from the 50s. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, I just started listening to a band called Rare Americans. And they have a line in one of their songs that the DJ was spinning old school beats, Puff the Magic Dragon from 63. <laughs> So the song was rumored to be about drugs, particularly marijuana. I just read the lyrics, and no the fuck it's not. Well, this yeah. rumor was fueled by a 1964 Newsweek article about hidden drug messages oh and pop God, music that right. came up with the following interpretations. drug scare media. Puff's friend is called Jackie Paper. Rolling papers. Yeah. Puff. No, I was looking for it, and it's <laughs> not there, y'all. I'm telling you right now. Puff, pretty self-explanatory. Take yep. a puff from a joint. And dragon, which is a variation of drag in, as in taking a drag from a joint to inhale the smoke. That's not reaching. even. That's vi- that's more reaching than dragon because smoke comes out of your mouth. Right. <laughs> so the fuck ri- off the whatever years this was. God <laughs> so, damn it! The original poem had a verse that did not make it into the song. In it, Puff found another child and played with him after returning. Neither Yarrow nor Lipton remembered the verse in any detail, and the paper that was left in Yarrow's typewriter in 1958 has since been lost. And in an effort to be gender neutral, Peter Yarrow later sang the line, A dragon lives forever, but not so little boys, 
as a dragon lives forever, but not so girls and boys. Um, mm. Nice. The, <clears throat> Just a me. good start. Yeah. yeah. In 1964, 53 Douglas AC-47 passenger planes were armored and subsequently deployed as gunships by the United States Air Force in the Vietnam War. This took a strange turn yeah. very quickly. Uh, I'm sorry, read that fucking mind-boggling <laughs> breakneck turn that you just did again? In 1964, 53 Douglas AC-47 passenger planes were armored and subsequently deployed as gunships by the United States Air Force in the Vietnam War. <laughs> All right. <laughs> the planes carry tremendous firepower, shooting bright flares and rounds of machine gun fire on the Viet Cong, which referred to them as dragon ships. Oh. This nickname led Americans to start calling the planes Puff the Magic Dragon, turning the title of the Winston Children's song into a moniker for a lethal killing machine. Now, some of the alleged drug references in the song. Boy, in, in, wow. America yeah. really likes killing, doesn't yep. it? Yeah. Includes the phrase autumn mist. Which was marijuana smoke, and the land no. of and the land of Hanalei, which was the Hawaiian town of Hanalei, famous for its marijuana plants. Peter Yarrow insists. Yeah. yeah, Peter Yarrow insists that not only did the song have nothing to do with drugs, but that he didn't even know about pot in 1958. That's which, can't be true. It can be. Yeah, because depending. like pot wasn't it wasn't vilified, so only people who knew about it were smoking yeah. it. And it wasn't that many people, and it was really not a bunch of white people. <laughs> that, well, that's true, yeah. Now, the song was banned in Singapore and Hong Kong because authorities Mostly thought it... Mostly fucking islanders, like Hawaiians and Jamaicans yeah. and yeah. shit. Because authorities thought it contained drug references. I was going to say, do you know how serious they are about drugs oh, in yeah. Singapore? Oh, yeah. It's fucking crazy. Like, if, if you get caught with drugs in Singapore, it's like life in prison. Mm -hmm. If you get caught selling drugs in singapore they'll fucking kill you like, yeah it's that like bad. right away that said uh one of my favorite like old punk bands no effects has a video that you can find on youtube of them doing drugs in singapore damn yeah yeah they can't go back nice <laughs> so you know what kind of resources you'd have to have to find drugs in a country like that <laughs> right because i don't Dude, no, I don't even know what kind of resources. I just know, like, how the fuck? Like, that is so impressive. How do you find anybody willing to tell you, like, yeah, I know a guy? Like, if you're looking, right. yeah. how do I not assume you're the police? I don't know. When, when you are an international punk band that sings about doing drugs a lot, I feel like people, people have... might come up you, to you. You have yeah, cred. That's you know. But, like, yeah. normal people still be doing drugs in Singapore. Yeah. They can't, you can't just get rid of drugs. It's no. just not real. You can't just do that. That's, they'll like arrest you for chewing gum in some places in Singapore. I think I could have that slightly wrong, but yeah, it's, it's because if it ends up on the streets and shit, it's got to be cleaned and they take that shit real serious. Singapore is very clean and it's because they'll like arrest you if you're not very clean. <laughs> I can't, I mean, I'm real clean too, but like, I already live in America. I'm not going somewhere <laughs> worse. So, Paul Stuckey, who was a singer-songwriter in the 70s, put the song on trial during a 1976 show at the Sydney Opera House. He had a quote-unquote prosecutor on stage claiming the song was about drugs, with Jackie and Puff explaining that it wasn't. <clears throat> Stuckey told the audience that if they sang along, Puff would be acquitted which they did, and the judge Aww. declared case dismissed. That's kind of cute. 
In order to show the stupidity of calling this a drug song, Peter, Paul, and Mary sometimes performs the Star Spangled Banner at concerts and pauses periodically to explain how the previous lines could describe drugs or drug-induced hallucinations. Yo, that's actually the most punk thing I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> that's actually fucking rad. Hell I, yeah. I, I fully enjoy that. <laughs> like, let's apply your same bullshit logic to your same bullshit song and mm-hmm. see how you like it. And that's it for uh, Puff the Magic Dragon. That um, that had a very happy ending. I liked for me. that. Yeah. See, we don't always kill. It ended like Miracle <laughs> on 34th Street and then also a punk band. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, this one may be a little bit more well known to you guys, and that is uh, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. I do know yes. that one. Yeah. Oh, listened to it many times. I'm sure when you did. I was in high school. Yeah. I wonder why. <laughs> well, it involved Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, Lucy but now we're going to talk about how it's not actually diamonds. about LSD. Your whole LSD <laughs> life was built on a lie. No, I, I knew it in high school, too, because I looked into it. Because... It's literally associated with LSD because people with who do LSD were like, we get it, but also... <laughs> right. Well, I mean, it is a very psychedelic song. It was from... It was... F- Sergeant po- Pepper. It was post... Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it was... It was Post the Beatles discovering LSD, yeah. <laughs> so it it adds up. This is one of the most sensible like jumps to a conclusion. You know, yeah. it's it makes sense. So John Lennon was the lead songwriter of "Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds," and Paul McCartney helped round it out, adding the impressive Lennon McCartney par- partnership, adding to it. Sorry. But below, uh, we're going to get into the specifics. Who is Lucy, and why do people think it's about LSD? Well, big part of it, and I know I'm jumping ahead of you here, is that Lucy, L, in the sky, S, mm-hmm. with diamonds, yeah. D. So Also, the first lyrics, just in case you don't somehow know them, uh, picture yourself in a boat on a river with tangerine trees and marmalade skies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Somebody calls you, you answer quite slowly, a girl with kaleidoscope eyes. Yeah. And that's why it appeals so very much (laughs) Mm -hmm. to people who are actively on LSD, because man, a buddy of mine had like a big, big, like, you know, the Marshall Stacks amps, like the the huge ones, Mm -hmm. like how TVs used to be. Yeah. 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 It was like one of those and... We'd plug our phones into that shit and just blare old Beatles and doors and shit while we would spend 12 hours locked in his garage on acid. <laughs> so the meaning of the song is rather abstract, but Lennon was adamant that the meaning of Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds during his life. Uh, Lennon repeatedly expressed that this song was about a drawing that his young son Julian created while in school. Julian had drawn one of his schoolmates and friends, Lucy O'Donnell, among a smattering of stars. And when, <laughs> and when he showed his father the picture after school, he told the elder Lennon that it was Lucy in the sky with diamonds. Lucy in the sky <laughs> with diamonds. And fucking John Lennon being probably on acid at, at the, the time. moment oh, yeah. was like, yo. <laughs> he might literally be describing the drug trip that resulted from the picture that he saw. <laughs> like, <laughs> so inspired by his son, Lennon got to work creating a sonic picture of his son's drawing. Lennon gave Lucy a story and animated her in a fantastical, whimsical story. Cellophane flowers of yellow and green towering over your head. 
look for the girl with the sun in her eyes, and she's gone. Lennon later tipped his hat to author Lewis Carroll for inspiring the lyrics. The singer reportedly drew ideas for Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds from Carroll's famous novel, Alice in Wonderland. Yep. Which, again, also, I'm going to give us a slightly tangent. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add on to this urban legend. Uh, Alice in Wonderland, also nothing to do with LSD. Oh, yeah. Nothing to do with drugs at all, Probably really. Probably a lot to do with pedophilia, though. Oh, yeah? I didn't look that deep. Every children's story well, from before, yeah. like... Yeah, Peter Pan. Mm, oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, Peter Pan is very obvious, but... <laughs> I fucking, you know... It's one of those things. I actually really like the Peter Pan story. I fucking don't like who wrote it. Yeah. But I I just, I don't know, man. Something about that shit resonates with me. I wonder why. Uh, Well. So, you know. Um, So, soon after its release, there was a widely held belief that Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds was a song about the hallucinogenic drug LSD. You know, I can't argue that hard with this one <laughs> yeah it's really hard to argue with it when it's follow her down to a bridge by a fountain where rocking horse people eat marshmallow pies <laughs> right everyone smiles as you drift past past the flowers that grow so incredibly high well yeah. and given the association with the rest of the album yeah like because that was Sergeant Pepper. That was Sergeant Pepper, Sergeant which Pepper's was post Yellow Submarine, right? Mm, the song, yes, not the movie. Right, right yeah, yeah, yeah. The movie was based on the Sergeant Pepper characters, basically. Right. And so the Beatles had already garnered this association with LSD. Yeah, LSD, they started LSD pretty much with Re- uh, Revolver. Yes, yeah, yeah. That's, actually, that's my favorite Beatles yeah, album. Mine too. Um, <laughs> and you don't even do psychedelics. I know. <laughs> I, I, it just, it, My it's favorite band is Pink Floyd. But it was. Some of us don't need the psychedelics. To yeah, have some of us shit. just yeah, enjoy it for the music, Josh. <laughs> um, Revolver Wait, who's had. Who's the poser now, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Revolver had the song that was about his acid dealer, right? What was the, what was the song? Uh, Dr. Roberts. Dr. Roberts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was on Revolver. Revolver. Yeah, I thought so. Oh, wait. Revolver or Rubber No, Revolver. Rubber Soul was more pot. Rubber yeah. Soul or Revolver was acid. Yeah. That's where Tomorrow Never Knows came from, too. And so uh, because of s- stuff like that, yeah. already the Beatles are like the mm. acid hippie band yeah. to a lot of people. So then they come out with a song that has literally all of the <laughs> ear markings, and it's a, it's a walks like a duck, talks like a duck yeah. kind of situation. Bro, honestly, the last fucking verse of Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds trips me the fuck out. Like, I would die. <laughs> like, okay, so, so far, somebody called you, and you answer quite s- slowly. It was the girl with kaleidoscope eyes. Then you're looking for the girl with the sun in her eyes, and she's gone. <laughs> <laughs> then, later... Newspaper taxis come to the shore, apparently. Uh, you climb in your back, and you're, you're climbing the back with your head in the clouds, and you're gone. So you're, you've left the kaleidoscope girl behind. Yeah. Now, the last verse. Picture yourself in a train in, on a train in a station with plasticine porters with looking glass ties. Suddenly, someone is there at the turnstile. The girl with kaleidoscope eyes, bitch. She's come for you. She's, she's coming for you. You can't escape. You can't escape. 
<laughs> then it's just Lucy in the sky with diamonds. And yeah. then because it's Google, it's just, ah! <laughs> <laughs> so Lennon adamantly disagreed with the story. This is a quote from him. He said in a 1971 interview, it was never about LSD and nobody believes me. Why would we? That's, that's also definitely a direct Lewis Carroll quote. <laughs> <laughs> this is the truth. My son came home with a drawing and showed me this strange looking woman flying around. He continued to explain. I said, what is it? And he said, it's Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. And I thought, that's beautiful. I immediately wrote a song about it. The song had gone out. The whole album had been published. And somebody noticed that the letter spelled out LSD. And I had no idea about it. It wasn't about LSD at all. On the flip side... Many members of the Beatles were open about their recreational drug use in the 60s and 70s. So whether or not you believe that this song is about LSD is up to you. I'm going to be honest with you. I believe it's about LSD. <laughs> it's the song itself. No, it, it but the, not... the mindset that he wrote it in was the result of LSD. When you're on LSD like the Beatles were on LSD, everything you write is about LSD, bud. In its own way. This yeah, is what exactly. I mean. It's the, su- the subject matter of the song is not about LSD, but I really as a think whole... it's more, I think it's closer to literally he saw a drawing and then later or at the time, was on LSD thinking about it and had this exact drug trip and wrote it down. Well, I mean, as a L- LSD drug, drug trips don't really work quite like that, but I don't know. Nor I don't what else was he on? Uh nothing nothing really takes you like out of body and makes you see things that aren't there except like DMT, but yeah. He at that time it was pot and LSD. Uh, and uppers sometimes. Uh, towards the end of the Beatles, he got into heroin real bad. Yeah, but mm. but even then, there was a song called uh, "For the Being for the Benefit of Mr. Kite." Mm-hmm. And yeah. in that song, and literally that song, I love it. He found a poster for a circus in some antique store, mm-hmm. like a sign, and loved it so much he bought it. And the lines in the song. He literally took from the poster and just made it rhyme and nice. So it's actually that's what this, pretty cool. And in the poster, there was a thing called Henry the Horse that could dance, a dancing yeah. horse called Henry. And the song says, and of course, Henry the Horse dances the waltz. That got in trouble because horse at the oh time God, is was heroin. was heroin. Yes. But yeah, he said that he started going through all of his songs after that to look and see if any of the. the First letters added up to anything. <laughs> All right. He's like, holy shit, they're right. Did I do this any other times? Hold on, hold on. It's about Ketamine. Who said that? Me, just oh, now. okay. All right. So the last thing... you know, Mr. K. Yeah. Yeah. So that's... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There you go. So the last it's thing we're going to talk ketamine. about definitely. is the dark side of the rainbow. Have you ever heard of that? I don't think I have. Have you? There are plenty of legends attached to Pink Floyd. Is this a backwards one? No. Okay. When you spent much of your career deliberating, delib, deliberating, oh my God, I'm sorry. When you spent much of your time deliberately moving toward the fantastical and free-spirited, you're bound to gather a few mysteries as you go. This one addresses another stale wart of popular culture, The Wizard of Oz. Now, the theory goes that if you, you be- are so off mic, bro, I know that's why I yelled it over that way. It sounds like I'm far away, though. 
The theory goes that if you begin the classic professionals, <laughs> if you begin the classic album, The Dark Side of the Moon, as the MGM lion roars at the beginning of the 1939 film, oh no, on the third roar, Jesus Christ, the album will perfectly sync up. And the film reflects the sentiments of the I song. I love these. And vice versa. Please, what film? Wizard of Oz. Wizard of Oz, oh. yes. I do know about this one. Uh, it was one of those things I always wanted to do while tripping one night, but just never, like, I, you take acid and you're like, I'm going to roll around on the floor and think about dinosaurs. <laughs> Not, I'm, I'm going to put all the effort into making sure that I sync up Dark Side of the Moon perfectly with Wizard of Oz. So it's unknown who actually first synced no, the albums together. <laughs> <laughs> but we like to think that it was a marijuana-induced miracle. Uh-huh. But it was Charles <laughs> Savage who first brought the marrying of the two arts together to the public's attention. In a piece for the Fort Wayne Journal-Gazette back in 1995, Savage told the world when to press play on the CD and, in effect, provide us all with the first taste of the dark side of the rainbow. Now, there are a number of moments that work effortlessly with one another. What year was this popular? 95. Ah. Oh, yeah. Just before the internet would have synced it up on YouTube for you. It's on. Yes. You can find You can watch it on YouTube. I, knew you, I know we can now. <laughs> but, like, so, it would be more fun to oh, do yeah. it the old school yeah, way. Yeah, exactly. So there are a number of moments that work effortlessly with one another. Whether it is Dorothy starting to run after the line in the song Time that reads, No one told you when to run. Or when David Gilmore sings the line, home, home again, as part of Breathe, as the fortune teller is advising Dorothy to return to Kansas, that uh, they don't stop there either. As brain damage starts on the record, Dorothy meets the scarecrow, and he begins singing If I Only Had a Brain, dancing along the yellow brick road as Roger Waters sings Got to Keep the Loonies on the Path. But the strangest parts are yet to come. This is just fun. Yeah. Yeah. This is just exactly. a fun winky dink Exactly. The song The Great Gig in the Sky begins to whirl away as the tornado hits Dorothy. Uh, and that song is just instrumental. But if you watch it, the song kind of swells and it'll mm -hmm. get quiet again. And it's all synced up. You said the... whirled away and I could hear it. Yeah. Um, what's more, as she opens up the door to the Technicolor Dream of the Munchkin Land, the film's second act, uh, the original LP's second side begins and money effortlessly soundtracks the event. So literally she opens the door. The first thing you hear is a cash register ringing. <laughs> so the movie became more expensive because it was one of the films first filmed in Technicolor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Uh, That's funny. The final That's crescendo. That's very funny to yeah, me. Yeah. This is, this is all just an incredibly fun coincidence. Oh, yeah. I, I bet if we were willing to literally just Google albums that are the same exact length yeah. in yeah. time – and just start syncing them, just right. and you'll see some cool shit happen. Yeah. So, um, the uh, yeah, right any there. movie too doesn't have to be Wizard of Oz. The final crescendo comes as the final heartbeats of Dark Side of the Moon ring out. Dorothy puts her ear to the Tin Man's chest. There was some more like there's a line in the song that says uh, "balanced on the biggest wave" and Dorothy's walking on a fence post, like balancing. Um, there's a part where they say the lines during uh, us and them. The line says, who knows which is which? And literally as they say it, it switches from the evil witch to Glinda. Nice. Little things up. And apparently you can You mean it switches in. from the green witch to the evil witch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah okay. Um, okay. So since then, the story the has The woman who had her property stolen versus the other one? Yeah. Okay. Right. 
Since then, the story has spread like wildfire, and you'd be hard-pressed to find a Pink Floyd fan who hasn't at least given it a once-over. Now, the dark side of the moon's engineer, Alan Parsons, has often been asked whether the album was deliberately aligned with the film, something he very much denies. There simply wasn't... Because how would he have thought of that? Yeah. Right. In what universe would he have thought of that? No. He says there simply wasn't the mechanics to do it, and we had no means of playing videotapes in the room at all. I don't think VHS had come along by 72. Needless to say, uh, that hasn't stopped plenty yeah. of theories. Also, it's 72, bud. Yeah, How the right. fuck were they going to watch a movie to sync an album right. to? Yeah. And if they were going to sync, sync it to a movie, why did they only make the album 45 minutes long when the movie is almost two hours? Right. Yeah. Like Now, there are some people who say that if you put the album on repeat, that it will still sync up, but then they start stretching. Right. Like Exactly. There's, there's a song called on the album called Any Color You Like, and supposedly... When that song comes on, if you play it the second time, they're in uh, or the Emerald City when the horse is changing colors along. Uh-huh. So that's any color you like. Oh, the horse changed colors. Right. It's- yeah, but, okay, but it's more fun, I think, that is a coincidence. Yeah. Exactly. Like, the first 45 no, mo- minutes works great, apparently. That's what's so cool about it. Because of whatever the vagar- vagaries of, of the... The structure of the movie versus the structure of the shit that they did in the 70s, yeah, so on and so forth. But then people do this thing where they just keep adding to it in order to make it continue to make sense. And I actually have I have a perfect encapsulation of this, and I'm taking it back to video games. Mm. So in I've got to mention Daft Punk at some point. Okay, heard. <laughs> in Sea of Thieves, there's you know it's a pirate game. You dig up treasure chests. A couple of the treasure chests are cursed. One of them, uh, we always call him the crybaby bitch chest. He cries, and it fills your boat up with water if you have the the chest on your boat. Mm-hmm. And so you got to go turn it in as quickly as you can so it doesn't fill your boat up with water because you got to scoop it out. Mm-hmm. But he starts crying at random intervals, and he cries for random amounts of time. Mm-hmm. But you can play music in the game. So people very quickly decided to start insisting that if you played music for him, he would stop crying. It was never a true thing. No. And no, so, but, but I can then, see how people do. That's I, the exact reason people started worshiping beings is right. because some random shit happened. <laughs> right. And so I would always be like me being the rational person I am. I'm like, no, it, it doesn't work here. Like next time we dig one up, I will experiment with it and I'll show you. And so I would start playing music and the chest wouldn't stop crying. But again, it's random intervals. So sometimes it would work. Yeah. Work. Yeah. Quote unquote. Correlation is not causation. People would add on to it. They would be like, oh, well, you have to do it right when he starts crying. And then that wouldn't work. And they'd be like, oh, well, the songs that you play are on a random preset. So you never know which song you're going to play. And it has to be this specific song. But you have to do it. It has to be on the first try. So, And they would keep adding to it to try and make this thing make sense. Well, yeah. almost like but it's it never actually legend. did. Yes, exactly. It was a fucking myth in, in the video game. And I could never convince people that it wasn't true. Fucking ridiculous. Every now and then I'd get one person who was reasonable enough that was like, oh, yeah, I've never tested it. I guess it doesn't work. But for the most part, people were like, no, dude, this guy told my brother who heard it from my cousin. Do you know what the equivalent of that to me is? What? I'm going to sound so old for this. I'm not that much older than Josh, but I'm going to sound old for this. Um, No, dude, I swear to God, dude, 
My uncle works at Nintendo, and yes. he said that if you go behind the Cerulean Gym and you find a way to get to the truck and then you strength on the truck, a Mew will appear. Yep. The hell game are you talking about? Pokemon. Pokemon original oh, okay. Pokemon. Red, like blue, red and yellow. Blue, yep. Or green Ooh. if you're in Japan. Mm-hmm. And like that shit was never true, and ever. And people would just add on to it where if you would show up to school the next day and be like, I did everything you told me to do and it didn't work, they'd be like, oh, well, it has to be on a fresh save yep. and you have to... You have to have done this, this, and this, and they're like, "Okay, good. That buys me time before he yeah. finishes doing that." And a tiger has that. to ride a pig while playing banjo beside you, and only on the fourth bell of the third moon. Literally, that. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> yes. Um, ironically, there was a way to get a glitched Pokemon called Missing Number. Missing No. Yeah. Missing No. But what is the Daft Punk reference? Oh, uh, Interstellar five 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 five. The story. Interstellar 5555. Um, it's the story of the secret star system. And it's um, Daft Punk's album Discovery. But a like an anime person made a movie to go with it. Nice. It's a very cool. It's the story of a an interdimensional sort of music vampire, I guess. See, that's awesome. I love that. That's a cool artistic project. Yeah, and so what he does is this music producer guy thing steals uh, popular bands from other worlds to get a certain amount of gold albums to go to another dimension or something. Sick. (laughs) And it's all set to Daft Punk's album Discovery, which in my opinion is one of their best, if not my favorite of theirs, because I am a 90s kid. (laughs) So needless to say, this hasn't stopped plenty of theories surfacing about the two document similarities. Even oh, uh, sorry. It came out and the... Oh, I got to look it up. But there's a black person who's a main character, and I like that. Especially in older stuff. And he's not like a black-faced black character, because Japan's real notorious for that shit. Yeah. Even Pink Floyd's drummer Nick Mason was asked about the dark side of the moon. 2003, wow. It's absolute nonsense, he said. It has nothing to do with The Wizard of Oz. It was all based on The Sound of Music. That's what they want you to think. (laughs) Uh, There have been some other ones. The The only one I can remember off the top of my head. Somebody apparently says that if you you can sync up The Wall with Wally. Uh, Oh, yeah? What? Yeah. I don't know. I... Yeah. All in all, it's just uh, another brick in the wall. And he blows off the side of a spaceship. (laughs) So, Well, I think it's also, it's the same thing where if you put a group of monkeys uh, in front of a typewriter, they would eventually... with infinite typewriters equals one of them does Shakespeare eventually or something. Yes, the the entire written works of Shakespeare would eventually Mm -hmm. happen, yes. That's just like you can find anything in Pi, because Pi's infinite. Exactly. You can can find 69 an infinite number of times in Pi. You can find the entire run of the first 10 digits of of our number system, 0 through 9. Yes. An infinite number of times. In order, if you want, probably. Exactly. Um, Where just on a long enough timeline, there's going to be another movie and another album that Mm -hmm. are both prolific and synchronized perfectly. I just, they only kind of touched on it, but 
in my head, I see two, maybe three, only three, because you couldn't get anything else accomplished with more than three stoners in a room. Uh-huh. We're about to find out, bud. And one of them is like, you know, there's a rainbow on the cover of Dark Side. Okay, hear me out, guys. And then there's that song, Over the Rainbow, in Wizard of Oz. I wonder, I wonder if there's a connection. And they sat there and would literally start the album, like, as soon as it began. No, that didn't sync up. No, I can tell you exactly what happened, Don. It was an accident the first time. It had to have been. It had to be almost exactly what you're describing, except headphones weren't a real big thing. So somebody with their boombox was in (laughs) one room, poorly insulated. And somebody's little cousin was watching a movie in the other room. And it was Wizard of Oz, just happened to be. And they happened to start the album. Right on that third roar. Ap- might not even have been right on the third roar. Yeah. It might have just been close enough uh-huh. that they realized, like, oh, fuck, if I play with this, I could probably sync it up and figure out, you know, like, this shit is wild right now. Like, <laughs> guaranteed that's what happened. They just happened to hear Dorothy say some shit you know, like a loud part of the movie while they were listening to Pink Floyd in their room, and then suddenly the world was changed. But I still think there had to have been pot involved. Oh, more, yeah. 100%. No, I'm not this saying that the there 90s. wasn't. Yeah. I'm saying that there was definitely pot involved. <laughs> and on that note, uh, we are done. We are done with the midweek. And this podcast. And yeah, it's over. Yep, it's our over. lives. This we're is, ending this it. Is it. Bye, it was everybody. only ever 12 months, dude. We're done. Yep. So uh, anyway, see you guys next week. Like us, share us, <laughs> rate us. <laughs> um. So yeah. So I have been Don. I've been you know I've I've been singing. I've been there. You go, and we will see you next time. Yeah, we will. Bye. Be good to yourselves. 